Welcome to a new episode of the Sunday Sauce. I have a very special guest here, Peter Pitts. He was the FDA's Associate Commissioner for External Relations, and he has a new book that just came out called The New Normal. Peter, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, because I don't want to give too much away. Sure. Thanks, Mike. And by the way, actually, yeah, that's really nice being on a program where the host doesn't have an accent for a change. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a, I'm a former FDA associate commissioner. I run a think tank called the Center for Medicine and the Public Interest. And my new book, which is actually called The Next Normal, right. uh, is all about what happens after COVID. How do we uh, use the hard fought lessons as we to move healthcare forward, rather than just keeping them all sidelined as a COVID thing? Wow. So when did you leave the FDA? I left the FDA still upright uh, in 2002 uh, to start my uh, public policy institute, my think tank, because I really felt that I wanted to speak out for myself. And obviously, when you work for a large government agency like the FDA, you're required to speak on behalf of the commissioner, on behalf of the agency. And that's terrific. I had a great time doing it. I learned a lot. Uh, but there are some things that I wanted to say on my own that you couldn't say as a uh, employee of the government, but you certainly can as a, as a private citizen. <clears throat> and that's proven to be true 10,000-fold uh, relative to COVID. So um, all the COVID stuff going on, I mean, I see you have a pretty extensive resume when you were here at the FDA. You, uh, you supervise the public affairs, um, special health issues, obesity, um, oh, 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 and then the advisory of committee of oversight and management. I mean, it sounds like we can use a guy like you today with COVID. Um, well, you know, well, you know, the good news is that when you leave the FDA, you never really leave. You kind of right. just become a, tr a trust, a trusted advisor. Right. And you know, one thing, one of my first weeks at the FDA, as you mentioned, one of the areas I oversaw was uh, public communications. Mm -hmm. And I, I spoke to the communications group and I brought a telephone. I said, guys, this telephone comes with buttons at no additional charge. You know, so as opposed to waiting for people to call you right. and giving them confu confusing answers and high science talk, you know, talk to people in plain English. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's a lesson that was um, forgotten. So I think one of the dings against the FDA and the CDC and the White House, for that matter, is that they've lost the ability to speak to people in language they understand. And that goes for Dr. Fauci too, and we can talk about him later on if you like to. Yeah, that's... You know, there's, you know, there's so there's so much information uh, that more of more of what people don't understand is not helpful. You really have to understand what the key message point is, drive it home, support it, you know, re rely on the science, as opposed to making it a advanced placement exam in regulatory science, which really doesn't help anybody. Right. So, in regards to these this this COVID virus, right? Um... When they were starting to come out with these vaccines, I know, you know, Joe Biden said, and other, you know, Nancy Pelosi said countless times, countless times, if you get vaccinated, you'll never get COVID again. Obviously, you knew that wasn't the case. So I know. So so why, who was telling them this information or were they just not, do you, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, the, the devil's, give, get out the devil's advocate here. Did they just yeah. not understand or did they just, Someone was telling them that, or did I can't even remember if Dr. Fauci said that. I, you know, you know, H. H. L. Mencken was a uh, literary critic in you know, the earlier part of the uh, 20th century, and he said that you know, for every complex question, there's a simple answer that's wrong. 
<laughs> and, and, you know, and you know, politicians hate complicated answers. They hate right. when you start saying, well, you know, it's complicated and there's a lot of science behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they liked they liked it when somebody said, get vaccinated, you're immune forever. That's an easy message. It's a positive message. It's a message they wanted to hear. Unfortunately, right. it's not true. You know, vaccines don't make you immune. Vaccines make you less likely to get infected. Correct. And if you do get infected, it makes your symptoms less severe. Mm -hmm. And that's that, and those two things in and of themselves is an enormous positive. You know, by the end of you know COVID part one, we'll probably have a million people dead. You know, wow. from COVID, around COVID, but just pick millions. It's a lot of people. It's a good number to remember. You know, imagine if the death number had been a hundred thousand. You know, wow, that yes. would have been just astounding. Right. You know, and, that, and that's what vac that's what vaccines do, and that's why you know the whole vaccine issue is. Well, you said it was going to be. It's you. You said it was going to be a get out of jail free card. It's not. You're full of it. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm not getting vaccinated. What's mm. the point? Mm. You know, it, it makes it hard for people to listen and understand the, the tremendous value of, of these therapies. Right. And I feel like that's where the disconnect is between these like crazy far right people. They feel like, you know, all these politicians, even Republicans, too, were saying, you know, get vaccinated and you won't get covid because of the misinformation. And now they this is why a lot of people are very reluctant to go get vaccinated. That's right. And that kind of that's that's a good segue to Dr. Dr. Fauci. Right. So, you know, to, to my mind, Dr. Fauci got a presidential medal of freedom. Mm -hmm. he, he, he earned it. Uh, I have his bobblehead on my desk. Hmm. You know, he he earned that. Uh, but it's time for him to go. Because right. at the end of the day, you know, job number one in this country relative to COVID is getting people vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Getting adults vaccinated, getting kids vaccinated. Because right now, I think only something like 15% of kids um, ages like five to 17 have been vaccinated. That's not acceptable. Mm. And now we're moving, and now we're gonna get a vaccine for like, you know, six months and up. And we're gonna have a hard time convincing people to get that done. Only 65% of Americans totally are fully vaccinated. That's, oh. unaccept that's unacceptable. But and found people who aren't vaccinated don't listen to Tony Fauci. They don't believe him. They don't like him. It's time to get him out of the picture, bring somebody else in that people can listen to and trust and move them off the dime. Mm, yeah. So I myself, I don't, I don't have children, right? So um, what, what would be the benefit for people who listen that have children? To, like, you know, let's say your five-year-old gets, they get all the regular vaccines, mumps, measles, you know, all that stuff, polio. Right. What, what is the benefit if they're a fully healthy child no, no problems, no immune compromises, and they and they want and they want to get a vaccine for their child. And or if they don't, what 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 are the benefits of the vaccine? If whoever's listening, that's a great question. In fact, it is the question, and the answer for kids is the same answer for adults and for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get vaccinated against COVID nineteen, you are less likely to get it, mm -hmm. and if you do get it, your symptoms will be more mild. Mm -hmm. uh, so for for adults, that means you are less likely to be hospitalized. Uh, you're less likely to die. Mm -hmm. These are incredibly important things. When you talk about kids and especially younger kids who generally get a less severe case of COVID or of the flu, or really, really of anything, the value of getting vaccinated is one, well, you don't get sick and nobody wants to get sick. And there's so many things about COVID that we don't understand where even a mild case or a case with it's asymptomatic might have significant issues you know, further on in, in the age of a kid. But equally important, perhaps even more important, is kids are little incubators. 
and they might get sick and they'll be sick for two days, but all of the adults around them, including their teachers, will get sick and they'll be much sicker. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about getting vaccinated. It isn't just about protecting ourselves. People say, oh, I don't care if I get sick, whatever. And that's fine. People want to get sick, you know, more power to them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's really also about a lot, taking yourself out of the equation, not being a vector, not being a vector, not being somebody that's going to help other people get sick. And we forget that. We talk about, uh, you know, the, you know, kind of quote unquote, the religious right. right. And, you know, whatever, hap- whatever happened to you, I am my brother's keeper. You know, if, if you get vaccinated, you are protecting your family, your neighbors, your community. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly important. That's how we're going to beat this thing. Well, I feel like the uh, big argument when it comes to uh, see, I, you know, I'm Republican, but I'm not like, a you know, one of those crazy religious Republicans that are about the Bible and all that stuff. But I think when it comes to those people, they believe um, like, you know, God made my body and my body is my choice. So I feel like that's their argument when it comes to they're being forced to get a vaccination. Like, you know, that's, I think that's where their argument comes into play. Like you're, so the only FDA approved vaccine right now is Pfizer, correct? Yes. So, you know, maybe I guess Pfizer would be, if you tell them to go get Pfizer, it would be acceptable. But when you're at saying Moderna, Johnson Johnson, and there's all these other experimental vaccines, as they say out there, maybe they get a little uncomfortable with putting that stuff in their body. Sure. Well, you know, the truth is, you know, every, I mean, every time you get an injection, every time you take a pill, mm-hmm. uh, it's an expert. It's an experiment. Right. You know, you know, uh, people don't understand that, you know, these vaccines, you know, they've been given to literally hundreds of millions of people. They're incredibly safe. They're incredibly effective. That's double mm-hmm. play. You, 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 you hardly ever say and they're free. So that's that's not even the argument. You know, people are always looking for the next reason not to do something they don't want to do. Hmm. You know, be- before there were fully approved vaccines, the argument was, well, you know, I'm going to wait until these things are, are fully approved by the FDA. And even though I would not agree with that, I defer. I, I, I understand it's it's legitimate argument. Mm-hmm. You know, now that's gone. Now that's gone. And that was replaced by, well, you know, I'm still doing my own research. And what I found to be the most useful comment to that was, tell me about it. Mm. Generally, pe- generally, people weren't doing their own research. Right. They just wanted to be. They just wanted to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the one of the problems here, and you kind of alluded to it earlier about government mandates, is I think government mandates are a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, not because I don't want everybody mandated, uh, everybody vaccinated, because I do. The problem is when you mandate people, people give you the middle finger and they get in my face. You know, it is pushing people away from the ability to think about perhaps changing their mind. Correct. And and again, that ties back to the Tony Fauci thing, too. The more you insist, the more the more people are going to say not interested. Stop talking to me. You're not you're not being respectful of me as an individual. So -hmm. the whole approach to convincing people to get vaccinated has to go beyond uh, punitive measures. Now, I'm all for private industry and private businesses doing whatever they want. They Mm -hmm. want to have only vaccinated employees and only vaccinated patrons. That's entirely their right to do so. And I actually support it. But when it comes to government mandates, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's pro-liberty or anti-liberty or constitutional or not constitutional, it's not working. It's divisive. We've got to move on. Correct. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like, you know, uh, there's countless videos of Dr. Uh, not Dr. Fauci, Joe Biden saying, I-, I would never mandate vaccines. I would never mandate this. I would mandate that. And here we are, February 7th, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's mandated. So it's like, uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I mean, look what hap- is happening in Canada. J- Justin Trudeau was in hiding because he can't even go back to Ottawa because of the big trucker convoy 
not just it's not that everyone's calling it an anti-vax uh rally but it's not it's just an anti-mandate rally right right i mean i mean, I mean it, it, you know what it is? it's the inability to listen to people right you know people are no longer saying the vaccine is going to make my kid born with three heads you know the vaccine right. is a plot is a plot by bill gates to put a microchip in me no, you know it's... those kind of kind of the the lunatic fringe really isn't part of this conversation anymore no you know pe- the people that the people that are saying i'm not gonna get vaccinated are pushing back because they're being told to get vaccinated. Correct. And, correct. At the, and at the end of the day, at least in my opinion, this is not a scientific thing. This is just kind of how I feel. It mm-hmm. comes down to the government being viewed as demonstrating a lack of respect for people's choices. Right. And there's a way to and there's a way to overcome that while also forcefully arguing for people to get vaccinated. And from a communications perspective, I just don't see it as that difficult. People are just aren't doing it. Yeah. I mean, so I I um know many New York City employees who, uh, you know, are taking leave without pay right now because they're not, they're not like saying, they're not crazy queuing on conspiracy theorists or anything like that. They're just saying like, hey, I was, I've been working for the city for so long. And then the city was testing them weekly. Perfectly fine. They had no problem with that. Getting tested, didn't have COVID. And then uh, all of a sudden, Mayor de Blasio, hey, you have nine days to get vaccinated. And then, and then you can't work. Like, uh, right. Well, you know, well, you know. So I live in I live in Manhattan too, and I have right. great respect for the for the for the NYPD, especially right. these days. Especially these days. Right. Right. Uh, but 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 when you tell a an organization that is used to taking orders from the top down, mm-hmm. you will do this. Uh, generally speaking, there's a good reason to do it. And the cops salute and say yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is something apart from that. You know, the the NYPD is a good example. You know, the mayor needed to find a different way to communicate to the cops. This is what they should be doing right. and saying, do it or you're out. A lot of cops are going to say, you know, I'm, I'm already disrespected, like up to here. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it from the mayor. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm quitting. I'm retiring. Especially then, from Mayor de Blasio, who is the disrespected the MIP like the, the most <laughs> out, of, out of all mayors. Right. So, yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when you I mean, I mean, when you have a mayor yeah. who gets the, who gets the cops backs when they when right. they when they show up, when they show up, this yeah. is not a guy who's got the. Uh, no. personal you know force to mm-hmm. demand that cops do something they don't want to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so that's why a lot of city employees that i talk to and i'm friends with uh that's really their i never heard of like a conspiracy of like microchips and it's gonna make me grow another penis or something like that like i never i never heard of these crazy things so you know so you're, well, you're probably well, right well, about you know, the whole thing. well, well if yeah. that if that's if, if that's potential side effect <laughs> send, me, send me the research <laughs> yeah that would i mean i guess that would benefit somebody um but yeah, so yeah, the, the vaccine thing. What, so let me ask you about masks, right? So we, we saw emails from Dr. Fauci early in the, I have a problem with masks. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm an anti-masker, okay? Okay. I, I, I hate them. I can't stand them. Even Dr. Fauci himself, we saw the emails, cloth masks don't work. They don't work. Let's, let's be honest, right? He said it. He's the top. He's science. Like he says, I am science. That's what Dr. Fauci said. Um, I, I mean, I just don't feel the need for masks anymore. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't care what Dr. Fauci said. It's not right. relevant. Right. You right, know, right. Masks do masks do work. Okay. And cloth cloth masks do work. Hmm. Do, do I do I like wearing a mask? Of course, of course I don't. Hmm. Uh, but and I but you have to understand the, the circumstance. I walk into a restaurant in New York. You know, I have to show my vaccine card. Right. But as soon as I sit as soon as, as soon as I sit at the table, I take my mask off. You know. Uh, it, it's uh, it's situational. If I'm on the subway, or I'm on a bus. I wear a mask because I think it's the prudent thing to do. 
you know, and even if it helps me uh, avoid infection by 5%, right. that's something I'm willing to do. Should there be mandatory mask mandates? Again, it comes back to the same issue. When you tell me to do something I don't want to, mm-hmm. it reinforces how much I really don't want to do it. Right. You know, am I going to stop wearing my mask on the subway if the mandates go away? I don't know. That's a decision I'll have to reach in time. It depends how comfortable I feel. Right. But, when you, but when you insist that people do it, you know, you reinforce the will to uh, push, push back. You know, I think that at the end of the day, the science is there, masks help. That's just true. Uh, is it better if we were all masked all the time? Sure. Is it the right thing to do from a public health perspective? Probably not. You know, it just depends on where you are. I live in a very highly vaccinated zip code. Mm-hmm. So is it as important for me to wear a mask as this somebody in New York in a less uh, vaccinated, more high infectious rate zip code? Of course. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about we're talking about the city or the state. And without looking, without recognizing that these type of statements have significant degrees of detail you've got to look at. You know, if they say if the city said, if you're going to these zip codes, it's prudent to wear a mask. Mm. I think that would make a lot that would make a lot more sense. That yes, but I feel like that would be a bad idea because um, that's like a travel restriction thing. And um, I know a lot of uh, minorities, high minority zip codes aren't getting vaccinated. So I, that would be a whole nother problem. And I don't think Perfect. that would be a good idea. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, well that, 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 well, that kind of leads to the next thing where when you when you look at, you know, uh, how you're cutting it, whether from a health equity perspective, right, you know, it, it, it really boils down to uh, it's not black, white, brown, yellow, no. young, old, Jewish, Protestant, Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's what, what's your degree of health literacy? How mm-hmm. how much do you really understand what's going on? And one of the lessons learned from COVID-19, no surprise to me, was we have got to do a better job in increasing health literacy across the board. Because when people understand what's happening, they tend to behave in more responsible ways. And we put no energy at all into teaching people why certain things are the right thing. But mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time preaching and pointing fingers and dictating. And right. uh, it's it's not working as well as it needs to. Well, that was the um, the whole argument with the first ma- the vaccine mandate in the first place. Uh, when May de Blasio instituted it in New York City because 40% of uh, minorities weren't vaccinated. So he was barring them from participating in daily life. So that's yeah. why they were trying to overturn it, I guess, in federal court. Right. So, for example, in some circumstances, you know, I believe there should be a mandate. I'm sure there'd be a mandate with healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. because they, they are the people on the front lines and uh, they shouldn't be at risk themselves and they shouldn't be potential vectors for infecting other people. Mm-hmm. You know, police, the police and fire firefighters, I don't know if that same thing holds true. So, you know, but I have, you have to be pragmatic. It can't be one thing for everything mm-hmm. for everybody. You have to cut it into slices that make the most sense. Mm. Well, let's go back. So I'm, I'm former FDNY EMS. Um, EMS should get vaccinated. Yes, but also now they're saying the protocol is if you're got if you have COVID, just work. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean. Really? So, do you really need to be vaccinated? <laughs> I mean, like you know. Well, what I mean? well the thing is, if, if there, I mean, I I saw that and it, it yeah. completely befuddles me because just like anything, I mean, I've been saying for years, you know, if you're sick, don't go to work. You know, you know that's not rocket science. Right. You know, but and if, we're, if we're telling EMS workers, if you're sick and you're feeling okay, come that's, to work. That's really what they're saying. If you test positive for COVID and you're asymptomatic. 
go to work. We don't care. Just that, wear a mask. That's, that's completely wrong. And, and, if, and if people in charge of that division right. say, well, what happens if we have, you know, someone has a heart attack and because a couple of our guys stayed home, we, we rather than getting there in four minutes, we got there in 12 minutes and it was a problem. So, you know what? It's a benefit. It's a benefit risk proposition. My view is if you have COVID and your and your job is to visit with people who are seriously ill, mm-hmm. don't come to work. It's right. almost the worst possible circumstance. Right. That's well, that's the argument going on right now. Um, there's still a lot of EMS workers who are holding out on the other vax mandate. They're saying that you're now you're telling us to come to work with COVID. So uh, what's the point of a, telling us we need a mandatory vaccine when we're just going to come to work with COVID? It really doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, and that's the, like and, the whole thing. And, there, and there's no coordination. I mean, one of the problems with President Trump was he spoke from the podium, but he didn't act as kind of the convener in chief. You know, hmm. Biden's President Biden, when he was running for president, said, I'm going to call together the governors and mayors of big cities and large mm-hmm. employer organizations. We're going to all work on this together. Mm-hmm. And that that was the right thing to say. Unfortunately, he didn't do it. No. And and as a result, we've got, you know, 50 states and hundreds of cities and municipalities and gazillion you know, employee unions all doing their own thing for their right. own reasons. And right. everybody's confused and rightfully so. Well, last month, he literally said, we're done. Federal government is done with COVID. It's on this governor's now. See you later. That's literally what he said on, on the TV. Right. <laughs> right. So, the, so, so, so the news today is that Governor Murphy in Philadelphia has said that teachers and kids don't have to wear masks in school. And I agree with that. Uh, but he did a very bad job explaining why he went that way. And if you can go right. to school and you're, if, you, if you have kids and your kids can go to school in New Jersey without a mask on, why can't you send a kid? Why can't you come to New York City and send your kids without a mask on? People are going, what is going on here? Well, they're, they're going to what they're going to argue. The they're going to argue it's the population density. That's exactly what Mayor Adams is going to say. I already know that. He's that's what he's going to say. The density. Well, that's, of the pop- that's it. That's that's ridiculous because I got I got news for you. There are as many kids in a New Jersey public school classroom as there are in most New York City public school classrooms. So they're going to take it a step further. They're going to be like, we have project buildings. We have these buildings, the kids, who knows what they're doing outside of school. New Jersey's more spread out. I already know. I already know what they're going to say. I already know it. I already know it. I already know it. But, you know, general population, especially parents, mm-hmm. you know, have been so have been just bombarded with messages one way or the other. And, you know, let, I mean, you don't have kids. You know, my kids are out of the house, but, you know, believe mm-hmm. me, you don't want your kids, you know, uh, in the house all the time. It simply no. isn't good for, for anybody. So at a certain point, parents simply choose to believe what is what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. And when that starts happening, science goes out the window and we can't move forward. Well, honestly, I already, I had my, uh, my producer of this podcast, and she's a good friend of mine, she, I could already see that uh, she has little kids and, um, you know, I feel that her kids and her, their classmates are going to have maybe some communication problems when they get older because the teacher's wearing a mask, the kids are wearing a mask, you don't see movement of the mouth and, uh, you know, you're playing with your friends with a mask on, you know, back when I was a child and you were a child, you know, we played with no masks and, you know, we got dirty and we, we didn't have these problems. So I feel like these kids these days when they get older, 15, 16 years old, they're all going to be a little socially awkward because of this whole COVID. Well, well you know, we, we, we don't know. You know, we don't there's know. No, but there's no, no. but the you know, thing is, the thing is, I mean, at, at bottom line, the question is what's right now, you know, what, what's best for the public health? What's best to beat the, the pandemic? And I don't know whether having kids wearing masks in school makes a bit of difference right now. Do you think the, the, um, they should have an ultimatum that, listen, like maybe Mayor Adams should say, 
if your kid's vaccinated, no masks. And you think that would just make parents the, the incentive to get their kids vaccinated. And once we see a certain percentage of vaccines, then I will release the mask mandate. Or do you think that's too like tyrannical of him? Well, you know, I'm, I'm all for incentives. And mm-hmm. I, if you tell, listen, yo, you know, you, your kids don't like wearing masks. I don't blame you. No kids like wearing masks. Get mm-hmm. them vaccinated. And uh, after three weeks of being fully vaccinated, th- their masks can come off. Because that's, that's, that's kind of like what Cuomo did a little bit. He's like, once we see a little vaccination and a little COVID drop, we'll start releasing some, you know, some lockdown restrictions. You know? Right. And that's and yeah. I, and at, the, at the end of the day, you know, we, we forget this uh, actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't want to get your kids vaccinated, that's fine. I don't believe in a mandate. But if your kids don't get vaccinated, they're wearing a mask. How many you, boosters do you think we're going to need? Well, I think we'll need a booster every year, just like we need a booster for the flu, wow. uh, which is why companies are developing combination shots for both the flu and COVID. If people say, "Oh my God, how many are we going? How many more shots are we going to need?" Wow. One a one a year. It's not asking that much. So you think? So basically. Every December or November, there you go for your flu shot. It's just going to be a combined shot, and then that's it. That's, that's what you right. think it's going to be. That's that that, and that's the victory of science. You know, I mean, viruses mutate. That's their job, and they're very good at it. Um, that's why we get no no one saying, "Oh my God, another flu shot!" Right? You know, people no. recognize they get people recognize they get a flu shot every year. This is exactly the same thing. But a lot of people are also against the flu shot. <laughs> Well, so those how do you better, win those people over? How do you do well, this? <laughs> well, the, the way to the, the way to win them over is politely and respectfully under, you know, explain to them the science. Have yeah. pediatricians explain what's happening. Have uh, you know, GPs explain why it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right now, if you've got a kid and your kid doesn't have uh, their full schedule of vaccines, they can't play sports. People get it. You know, my, you know, I have a lot of relatives who are actually pediatricians. Right. And before and before COVID, I said, well, what do you tell your patients, you know, the moms largely uh, when they don't want the kids vaccinated? And uh, my friends say, I say, I can't force your kids to get vaccinated. But if you don't want to get your kid vaccinated, you can't be they, they can't be my patient. They can't be mm-hmm. sitting in my in my waiting room. Let me let me ask you, ask you a question. Consequences. Let me ask you a question about the sports thing really quick. Um so I know in Canada there, so I play ice hockey, right? I play, I've been playing hockey for 16 years. So I know in Canada, um, a bunch of kids got the Johnson Johnson, like 15, 16 year olds. Uh, they play ice hockey, junior hockey, very high level of hockey. And these kids are supposed to go in the NHL, you know, when they get older, this is what they've been training for their whole life. But now the Johnson Johnson vaccine is giving them, you know, heart problems. And now they can't play hockey anymore. So Wait, have you heard of this? Well, well, first of all, you know, so so the saying in my business is that mm-hmm. the plural of anecdote isn't data, mm-hmm. right? So you know, have there been anecdotal circumstances of, of uh, myocarditis being caused by the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? And the answer is yes, mm-hmm. but very very few. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I've, I have not heard of like any given, you know, uh, junior hockey team having multiple heart problems. I mean, mm-hmm. they are, they are there. There's actually a higher incidence of heart problems of myocarditis, for example, in the general population versus those who have been vaccinated. Right. So if you if you wanted to really kind of pursue this conversation, the vaccines could be cardioprotective. Mm. You know, so, it's, so, you know, it's very dangerous to say, well, I heard of this case. There must be so many cases mm-hmm. and there, there, there just aren't not. So a lot of times when these circumstances arise, it's really important for the government to investigate exactly what's reality and what's and what's hype. 
Well, I only heard of it in Canada so far. I really haven't heard anything in, in the U.S. because so I just follow hockey. I just didn't know if you ever heard anything in the U.S. about it. Like just the just with Johnson Johnson, I never heard of it with uh, Pfizer or Moderna because I know Johnson Johnson right. was having some kind of blood clot and heart um, problems with their vaccines. Right. Well, well, the thing is, so, you know, sure, yeah. well, you know, Johnson right. Johnson is, I mean, let me say, all the vaccines currently on the market are safe and effective, full stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do some of them have side effects? Yes, safety mm-hmm. is never 100%. Safety is never 100%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have, fortunately, uh, we're blessed with more than one choice, and there's no vaccine shortage. Mm-hmm. So saying, well, this vaccine caused this, therefore I'm not getting vaccinated, is a is a false argument. Right. I'll, I got one last question for you, and then I'll let you go because you've been very generous with your time. What do you think of Dr. Robert Malone? Is he a kook or is he a legitimate doctor? Um, he's a kook. And he's a you think he, you think he's a kook? Did, yep. and I mean, he, I, even I though mean, he any, developed the delivery system for the vaccines and all that, like he and, claims. Well, he was one of many people that uh, worked on the original mRNA vaccine. There wasn't one guy, and certainly wasn't mm-hmm. him. Any MD. Mm-hmm. Who is telling people not to get vaccinated with an mRNA vaccine should have their license revoked? Full stop. Really? So even so now also another kind of two-part question. So you think basically, and the whole Joe Rogan thing, you you following with the Spotify and uh I am. So yep. you think do you think Joe Rogan should be removed having all these people on his like you think he's just spreading misinformation, or do you think it kind of violates the whole freedom of because you seem like you're a pretty balanced man, you know, you're not. You're not extreme. So do you think he's having this is for freedom of speech or do you think he shouldn't be on Spotify talking to guys like Dr. Robert Malone and whoever else he brings on? Well, I think the value of the of the Spotify controversy mm-hmm. is that Joe Rogan said, I have to be more careful vetting my guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's a victory. You know, if I no longer have access to Neil Young and Joni Mitchell songs, you know what? I'll I'll survive. You know, I, I think it's much more important. I think it's much more important to protect free speech. When you say, "Well, we're firing this guy because all of his guests don't have the same opinion," slippery slope, and I don't think mm-hmm. we should go there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, I freedom of speech. You should be able. I mean, you know, as long as it's not vile hate speech. But uh, I, but like I tell yeah. people, America is freedom of speech is the worst thing we have and the best thing we have. People can say hateful things and they can say amazing things and they're protected, which is you know, unfortunate, but this is America. So. I, mean, I mean, imagine if President Biden or, or Dr. Fauci said the only people allowed to write opinion pieces in the New York Times have to support our view. Right. Yeah. No, it's, people, 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 people's heads would explode. It would, you know, this, this, this is this is the same proposition. Yeah. Or CNN or Fox News is the only news channel you can watch in the whole country. That's like, uh, you know, a, com- a communist state. But um, right. Peter, it was. But, 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 you know, but, you know, the value of Joe Rogan is he reaches an audience that needs to understand more about vaccines. Well, maybe you should go on, Joe Rogan. Hey, I have the time. <laughs> well, maybe uh, you got it. You should have some your uh, book or reach out to him and uh, see, you know, you're because he also he talks to people on both sides of the aisle. So, you know, maybe you should go speak to him. I'll sure, send it I'll to him. Forward. I wish I knew him, but I'll send him my interview. Maybe he'll take a listen. Thank you. <laughs> but Peter, you've been very generous. Um, where can we find you? Where can we buy your book? Amazon? Where do we go? Thanks for asking. The book is called The Next Normal. It's on yes. Amazon. It's on Google. And the uh, website to check out my work is cmpi.org, Center for Medicine and the Public Interest. Great. Thank you, Peter, so much. My pleasure. Thank you.